0: Welcome back to Soulback. This is the RB Podcast. Kyle here with Ed. What's going on, Ed?
1: What up, player? What's up, Kyle?
0: Not much. Tom, obviously, as you can hear, is not on the podcast
1: today. Um, I'm not even sure what he's doing right now. Player, hey, you remember that song from Peebo, Looking for Sade? I'm looking for Tom Leo. Where has this dude been? I'm sure he's somewhere listening to something boring and eating something flavorless. But besides that, what's he got going on? That's a very good question, but it
0: might be uh it might be a good thing that he's he's not here today because I'm about to just give you this right now. I've got some news for you, Ed. Okay. Well, before I give you the news, let me ask, how many chicken nuggets can you eat in one sitting? Like, what's the ideal
1: amount? The ideal like, I don't go around counting my chicken nuggets before they hatch. I don't know the ideal number. Um, well, well,
0: Ed, let me put some perspective. For you. I'm not sure what it's eight, like. I don't know. Seven or eight is that? Is that so? It's around that much? Cause I feel like six is definitely not enough. I know. No, six in is Canada, not we are... I'm
1: not a not a 12 year old. I need more than that. In Canada,
0: we offer a nine piece, which seems to be alright, and then of course we have the 20. The 20 seems like way too much, but, I mean, if I really wanted to, I could eat it.
1: Why on earth are we talking about the number of chicken nuggets you get? Because, um, I read a headline
0: on Facebook. Apparently this is a couple years old, but I'm going to read this headline to you, Ed. Watch Mm -hmm. out, America. McDonald's Japan is releasing a 48-piece nugget meal.
1: 48 piece nuggets like is that
0: supposed to be like a family serving? well it's served in a bucket like a kfc bucket but they put the nuggets <laughs> a bucket, in the bucket of nuggets
1: will you be partaking in this play i think i might skip that one i mean that's like if Devonte went out to get nuggets for for jodeci i guess he'd just get that bucket Because that's the only thing, unless you're feeding like five or six people, why would you need that many nuggets?
0: Well, nuggets are pretty good, especially at McDonald's. They're still number one in my books
1: for nuggets. I did not know that nuggets were that high on your list. I had not remembered the last time I ate a chicken nugget. I barely remember how they taste. Damn.
0: Well, I've got some more exciting news for you. Um, So that was in Japan, the 48-piece nugget. Which, originally, when I read it, I thought, oh, that must be an American thing, because you guys love to eat, but... <laughs> now, not, why does not, it
1: have to be an American thing?
0: Well, you guys love your food, but not to be outdone by Japan. I was scrolling through my Instagram the other day, and actually, this is this might be U.S. and Canada, but you know in the the, the book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, they have the golden ticket? Yeah. And then you get, like, unlimited chocolate and all of that stuff? They're actually, yeah. um... They're having a contest right now. It's the golden ticket at McDonald's, and the winner gets a lifetime supply of McDonald's. I kid you not.
1: First of all, who would, and I know that if we had sponsors, we'd be in trouble, but we don't, so whatever. Who wants a lifetime McDonald's meal? Like, I mean, I like a McGriddle every once in a while in my life, but play, I can only take those in small servings. I'm getting old. My blood pressure would shoot up if I had that junk every day.
0: (laughs) And that was the next question I was going to ask you. How many times would you go to McDonald's in a week if you got this? Because I oh would probably go seven days
1: a week. I'm not Well, kidding. we know you would, and you wouldn't gain a <laughs> pound. But let me tell you something, player. Once you start getting closer to middle age and saying, what's up, to 30, like Jay-Z used to say, ugh, back in the day, I could eat a bucket of nuggets and be straight. These days, if I look at a nugget, I better run for three miles because it ain't going nowhere.
0: Damn. But uh, this Golden Ticket is valued at $53,000. So that lets you know how 50, cheap McDonald's is. <laughs> if that's a lifetime
1: ticket. $53,000!
0: <laughs> That'll keep you fed for the rest of your life, Ed.
1: Well, unfortunately, there are some that's more than some budget. So some R&B albums we've had in the past year, judging by some of this stuff I reviewed. So maybe there is Ooh. some worth there. All right. Uh, calm down. Let's talk about R&B then if we're going to go there. Um,
0: let's start out talking about one of your favorite artists, Ed, Sierra. She put out yeah. a new song called, called Freak Me, and initially I thought she was covering a Silk song, but it turns out she's not. She's jumping on that. It's called, like, was it Afrobeat? Is that, that That's
1: the new trend going on now. Do you like the record? Uh, Playa, it's like, and I know that we have some big Sierra fans who are listening. Shout out to my boys. But Playa, it just sounds like every other quote unquote tropical song that we've heard in the past year. It's the same up tempo B you got the little auto tune intro. It's it's just run of the mill. And I want Sierra has and I'll say this, Sierra has not really been an artist that we go to for innovation. We go to her for fun music. And I just don't want to see her or hear her chasing the next trend. Like, uh eh i'm sure people will love it i'm sure they'll turn it into a challenge and there'll be children jumping out of cars on freeways dancing around getting killed and we'll all put it on youtube and laugh but it does nothing for me it's just (laughs) typical
0: uh she did put out a dance video and she looks good in that so there's a plus there
1: oh play i never hated on how sierra looked same thing for your girl ashanti i'm talking about the quality Right. Uh, You know what?
0: I've read somewhere that this Afro uh, beat uh, production that's happening right now, it's apparently going to be the next thing in in music. I mean, we talked about the tropical stuff, but I think the sound that she came with on this record, I think Omarion put out a a couple of records that sounded similar to this. It sort of has a different vibe than I guess what we're referring to as tropical, but apparently that's the next big thing. And I don't really see how it would work. In in, in large
1: doses I can well to be fair I said that about trap and I will say This if there was ever a sound That was going to be next up I do think It's going to be that sound because as we've Talked about a little bit before on this podcast I feel like trap is Starting to get a little Old it's like it tells To me like how New Jack swing felt circa 1991 or 92 It's kind of like right, You had your high points Now it's starting to get very repetitive, and even the pioneers of the sound are starting to do different stuff. And then it's starting—we've got mainstream artists doing it. And once mainstream artists start doing it, it's kind of a wrap. So I think people are going to start moving on, and this might be the new sound. And Lord help us all if we got a hundred people doing this sound. It's not again—it's not a bad sound, but it's just no one is bringing anything new to the table, so it's very, very repetitive. Well. That's what
0: historically we see right A a new sound comes in A couple of people do it Then everyone does it And it becomes so saturated and watered down Then we wait for that new sound So I think Trap is uh, going through its final stages right now And like I said I think this sound that Sierra brought to the table I'm not saying that she's the innovator uh, innovator of it But I think this is is probably the, the direction that we're headed And I'm not mad at it It sounds like a fun sound I mean I wouldn't listen to it every day but it's, at least it's not super auto and it doesn't seem like they're talking about Molly and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think the reason why I get personally a little bit more offended when people ride trends, because as you pointed out, that's kind of how music goes. There's a hot trend, everybody hops on it, then we're on to the next. The difference is, to me, in 2018, as opposed to maybe a couple decades ago, is that there was still some diversity. So whereas there's a hot trend that everybody gets on, there's still other trends going on. But the way that the industry is set up now, there's one trend, you get on this trend or you get no airplay. So you got everybody doing the same thing just so they can get a little bit of shine and it quickly burns it into the ground. So even if it's new, you're sick of it in like three months because everybody's doing it. Yeah, pretty
0: much. But uh, we'll see what Sierra brings to the table. I'm still waiting for one of those R&B records that she brings to the table, like a like a Body Party or uh, like a Promise. She does those pretty well. So uh, she can keep dancing, but I'm going to need an R&B song eventually. Uh, let's talk about some new music. Um, aside from Sierra, Roe James of our website. He had that huge yep. smash permission a couple of years ago. Now he's back with... His new single off his new uh, upcoming album, the record Excuse Me, produced by Tricky Stewart. Did you get a chance to check that out?
1: I sure did, and I liked it. And I know I'm going to say something I feel like I've been saying all summer here on this podcast. I liked it, but that's kind of it. And that's not to disparage Roe. You know, we're big fans of Roe. I'm a huge fan of Roe. And the song is solid. But I, I get a little frustrated in... Kind of what we've heard through a lot of 2018 especially in the realm of r&b is that we'll get a lot of solid stuff but not a lot of memorable stuff i said the same thing about the most re- recent to me song that was very very well sung and very well done but once the track is over you kind of forget about it there's something that's missing that makes it memorable unlike a a, a boot up as much as we talk about that song something that sticks to you that makes it memorable I think that's what's missing in the song. So it's a solid song. And it's definitely, if you're a fan of Rogue, check it out. But it's just missing something if we're looking for something to be like a standout flagship single for the next project. Yeah, I agree. And
0: uh, I mean, I had a chance to listen to it right before we even hopped on this podcast. And it's a solid record. Um, it's not Permission, but that was that was a special song. Um, it, it was, was. alright I think the interesting for, thing for me is I interviewed Ro probably This was back in March I want to say And that's when he first dropped his, uh, his EP, maybe a little after that But he dropped his EP It was like a four song EP And nothing really happened from that I thought he was going to put out some visuals or something But he just went straight to the single And when he first put out this record I thought it was part of that EP But this is something completely different So it's like, what was the point of putting out the EP If you're going to move on? From it so fast.
1: Well, if I remember correctly, and I'm sure someone will correct us if we're wrong, I think when he dropped that EP, he was saying that he was kind of coming off a tough point in his life. Can't remember if it was depression or something else that was going on. Yeah. So this was kind of more of a cathartic release to kind of get his motor running again. So I always thought that that EP was kind of a separate project, just him just trying to get back in that space and sharing some of the music that he had. So I think that, if I remember correctly, that was the purpose of the EP and everything that has since followed is him maybe getting back into the gear of album mode. Right. Um, A couple more records that I want to talk about.
0: Tom's favorite artist, Anna Moore, who I believe he might be managing as well, uh, dropped a new EP, <laughs> Cloud Nine. Them now, we and Bad about... Jess, yes. Exactly. So we talked about her previous EP, um, a couple of episodes ago, and uh, it turns out that that EP came out like nine months ago. And this is her official new release, Cloud9. Um, I quickly previewed it. I haven't really listened to it yet. I really only listened to it because Tom kept bugging me about it. Um, so we're going <laughs> to wait until uh, Tom is back next week to talk about that one. But I know he was bugging you about this Van Jess project, um, and you finally listened to it, right?
1: I finally listened to Van Jess. Tom and quite a few other um, of our readers over on Soul & Stereo and the Soul & Stereo Cypher on Facebook, join that if you haven't been there, is it's one of those things where it was just like a lot of fan support to the point where like people just saying, you're going to love it, dude, listen, listen, listen. And I'll tell you something, when y'all gas something up, it's most likely I'm going to get coming into it skeptical, but it met the hype. I thought it was very, very good. One issue that I have with a lot of albums, both R&B and hip-hop, in the past year, year and a half that I've reviewed, is that when you listen to like the first half of the album, you get the good stuff, and the second half it kind of tails off, and you can tell that that's like loaded up with filler, and they usually put like maybe one good song at the end. This album is a very complete listen. I was listening to it, and even like I'm on like track 12 and 13 or whatever. And it's like the songs are getting better and better. So I was really, really surprised at the quality. I was surprised at the sequencing. It's a very strong listen overall. Now, I only listened to it once. I didn't give it multiple listens like if I'm doing a full review. But just off the one listen that I gave it, it might be my favorite R&B project of the year. We'll have to see once I give it multiple listens. But I definitely highly recommend it. I think our listeners will love it.
0: And I think Tom will love the fact that you gave that project some props, and Tom will get his 10% from, uh,
1: from managing Van Jess as a result of that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate giving Tom any kind of props, especially money, but when he's right, he's right. shout outs to Tom.
0: Now, speaking of right, um, I'm not even sure if he's right on this. Remember his, uh, his weird speculation about Drew Hill and Jazz?
1: Oh, my gosh. His new speculation gimmick. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs>
0: Well, Drew Hill finally put out a press release about their new album, The Second Coming. They put out a promo photo as well. We'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, Troy Taylor's producing the project. Jazz is no longer a part of the group. He's going solo, which kind of contradicts what they were stating initially of him going, you know, for health purposes. Which mm-hmm. I think still is probably um, in the equation. I do believe he... because. Yeah, that'd be from the performances, from the performances I've seen from him, he's not bunny hopping anymore with the rest of the group during "Tell Me." He's, <laughs> oh my uh, god! He's sitting on the speakers a lot more than he should be during performances, and um, I mean, I hope he gets better. But you know, and I'm definitely looking forward to the solo project. But Drew Hill' new album with Playa, Smokey, and Black are officially part of it. And Ed, let me just say before this podcast, I went on Wikipedia, and surely enough members smoky and black they're on there
1: <laughs> i guess in your world if wikipedia says it, it is true well th- it's been a weird reaction to a lot of this news because when this came about you know i'm a huge player fan and i thought that this was a great opportunity for smoking and black my boys to get back on the scene because they're talented brothers that need to be out there but the reactions have been all over the place. There are a lot of Drew Hill fans that are straight up heated and think that the purity and sanctity of Drew Hill is now destroyed. And then there are some fans who are like, you know, this is an opportunity for them to both blow. There's been a lot of back and forth. I've been really surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. But I've been really surprised that fans are so vocal about change. But again, again, fans don't really like change. We talk about that a lot. I'm still looking forward to it. The only thing that I wish is I do wish that they had a different name. I understand that there's still money and legacy behind the Drew Hill name. But when there's only two original members, then you got two members from Player, then you got, what's my man named, Tao Tail. Tail. Yeah, him. You got him, and he's in it, and he's only been around for like maybe 10 years, but most of that time has been Drew Hill Kind of live performing, but away from the studio. Uh, I I wish they had like some super group name, like if it was an LSG or TGT or some something like that to let them know that. I mean, we can't do Player Hill, even though that's what I've been calling them. But something that kind of incorporates both groups' legacies instead of just kind of swallowing them up, I feel like might be a little bit more palatable. But I understand from a marketing standpoint why they're just rolling with Drew Hill.
0: Yo, you don't know how many times I've uh, gone on Instagram and saw the comment "Harpo who this"? I thought that was pretty oh, funny. Oh god! <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Like I went on Smokey's Instagram page, and uh, in his bio it says one fifth of the member Drew Hill, and I was like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, it's weird. But this also confirms that Jazz is actually not a part of the group because you have Nokia, Cisco, Tail, Black, and Smokey. That's five members. Jazz, who is supposed to s- still be in the group, he would be that sixth,
1: but says one fifth and not one sixth. So. Well, this I think it's pretty official at this point. That IG picture has five brothers in it, and yeah. Jazz is just totally out of frame, literally speaking. So. Yep. I think jazz is completely gone and this is who we got. It's still very very weird. And I don't know if it's me holding on to my player standum, but it's very very weird to consider smoking black members of player. If it was LSG 2018 or something, I'd be like, "Okay, this is cool," but Maybe I'm just getting hung up on the name. I am, I will say, I'm very, very, very excited for the music that comes out. I think that these guys will come out with some great music. If you remember last year's Drew Hill Christmas album that came out of nowhere, that little EP, that thing was tremendous. If anything is close to that, and these two guys still have gas in the tank, I'm talking about the members of Player, I think we're going to be in for something special. So I'm very excited. I'm just weirded out by the name.
0: Yeah, and shout-outs to Troy Taylor. He's done a lot of work with Trey, uh, songs, Kevin Ross, and he did a lot back in the 90s. He is probably the yep. perfect guy to to spearhead this project. He's R&B to the fullest, so I'm actually really looking forward to the music. I heard it's good. Um, I think Troy played a couple of records on his Instagram Live a couple of nights ago, and it got a very strong response so i I'm, I'm... I think
1: that yeah I, I really think there's some there's some juice here i'm and in a year where we haven't had a lot of strong r&b releases i mean as i told y'all i couldn't even do a top 10 of the half year at june because we just didn't have enough stuff that i qualified as being must hear that was 10 we got maybe four or five so this is definitely an opportunity for them to come out of the gate and knock things over, and really shake up the scene. So, again, I'm very hyped.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I just remembered a funny comment on uh, on Instagram. They had the picture of all five of them. And uh, someone wrote, Wow, Jazz lost a lot of weight, but it was actually black. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, everyone on Instagram needs to do better. Especially after that Darno Jones incident that happened happened a couple of weeks ago as well as the uh, Darnell Jones high-five thing. We need
1: to do better. Listen, play, now I have a question about the Darnell Jones situation. And for those who don't know what in the world we're talking about, we're talking about this contingent of fans online who for some reason think Darnell Jones is Darnell Jones. Darnell Jones sounds like a guy that works at the barbershop across from the convenience store on 26th Street or something. But Darnell Jones, is it... I'm starting to think that, like, maybe it's because I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt because I can't think that everyone is this dumb. But is it's like your phone changing Dar, Darnell to Darnell? Is this some kind of widespread autocorrect typo issue? Or are people really that crazy?
0: I tested it out myself, and uh, Darnell stays as Darnell, it doesn't change to Darnell. So. Well, I guess I just, <laughs> you just answer that. People are really that dumb. So, I mean, to be fair, some people refer to genuine as genuine. Some people call Timberland Timberland. So, I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world. I mean, uh, for the longest time, people were spelling Missy Elliott with one T at the end, even though I'm pretty sure she spelt it in her like song, spelt her name in songs multiple times
1: it's always been two t's the t that i kind of give like sure. all right and i might give you a pass on but yeah. genuine is not the same thing as genuine stop you know
0: Ed, i'll, I'll also give them a pass for lauren hill with the e instead of the y that's i think that's
1: fair uh, players if you i'm just saying this if you're really a fan if you're like oh i live and breathe r&b and i know this and i know enough to tell ed when he's wrong and let me tell him about himself when he's talking about my favorite artist play if you come in my arena at least be able to spell these people's names right you lose all credibility when you come at the king and you're missing with your misspellings
0: Actually that reminds me, one time a fan asked me uh, if I liked the song Faded Pictures by Casey and Jojo. <laughs> Cuz I guess I mean it, the name sounds like a case and Joe, Casey and Jojo. I'm like, I guess I could see
1: how you could get that confused, but that was pretty bad. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You do not get a pass on that. They all don't right. even sound like Casey and Jojo. No, they don't.
0: <laughs> um, all right, let's uh let's talk about Tanachi for a second here. I mean, I like to refer oh. to it as like beating a dead horse, but we're not going to do that, I promise. Uh, but I do want to touch on this, Ed. I'm just going to ask you right now, because we've followed Tanashi since her mixtape days. She got signed to RCA, yeah. released her debut, which I thought was pretty good, um, released her new album, Joyride, which was pretty bad. Um, she was in the studio with Hitmaker, which I found out recently is the rapper Berg. He's gone from rapper to hit producer. Um, they've been working on a mixtape together called Nashe. It was like the ratchet side to her. And uh she released two <laughs> records and uh the project is scrapped, RCA decided to cancel it. Um I read an interesting Jeez. S- I read an interesting stat at has released eleven singles since two on and none of them have charted on the hot one hundred.
1: Oh my goodness. And and then they- So and i Let me mean, the question- preface
0: this well, Ed, go ahead, ask you a you question before, before I you go get in. into who. So whose fault is it then? Is it Tinashe's fault? Is it the label's fault? Is it the music? Like, what's and, going on? 11 songs that haven't reached
1: the Hot 100. Well, see, we've been doing this podcast too long because what I was going to say is actually, I was going to, from my point of view, who was actually the blame? Listen, dog. You know how there's always a person, and we all have that friend that, like, always has trouble in their relationships. And every time they date somebody, it starts out good. And then it's like, oh, he or she is crazy. And then the next person, oh, I dumped them because he or she is crazy. And then I dumped them, oh, he and she is crazy. At some point, player, you got to realize, are all these people crazy or are you the crazy one? And then Tinashe's part, uh, her the part that she plays in this, after 11 tracks... At some point, you have to take responsibility. And I know there are a lot of Dinosaur fans about to light me up and you know where you can go. ET Bowser on Twitter. Let me have it so I can give you the work. But, the point is this. There are lots of R&B artists out there who have not even gotten a fraction of the, the breaks and the ability and the ability to have their music put out there and the opportunities that she's gotten. And the ball has been dropped Every single time. At some point, we can blame the industry. We can blame the climate. We can blame fickle fans. We can blame her management. We can blame her producers. But after this many misses, at some point, we got to be like, Tinashe, this on you. You cannot have this many opportunities and continue to miss with it not being on you. So I'm saying this is on Tinashe.
0: Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that, and I love Tanashi, we both do, we've followed oh, her since, since the beginning, but it's like, the releases that she's putting out, like there's actually a backing to it, there's a music video, and I'm not sure if she's paying for the music video, so I don't want to speak on that, but they look like leg- legitimate releases, unlike Silk's last album, so there's really no excuse for this not to be performing, unless it's just not resonating with the people, which seems to be the case.
1: And there are, and again, there may be different reasons for that. There may be she dropped one single because it wasn't the right time. Maybe the next single was too trendy and she lost herself in the sound and she wasn't able to distinguish herself. Maybe one single just flat out was trash. But if you've had this many opportunities, you've got to look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing wrong? Because I can pull up a whole list, and you can too, of 20 or 30 artists who we know and support and have talent. Who haven't even gotten a fraction of those opportunities? So exactly. we can't keep making excuses for old girl. Well,
0: I got one more excuse for you, uh, courtesy of our boy Eric Benet. He went on a rampage on the internet over the last week. Oh, Lord! Uh, I don't know even I don't even know where to begin. And maybe Tanashi doesn't fit into the rant, but we'll 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 just give her a pass for now um, because I want you to talk about Eric Benet's. Uh, speeches that he's been making on uh on the internet speeches i don't i don't even know how to begin but let's talk about the rap portion of it first um he compared yes.
1: rappers to white supremacists Mm-hmm. that's crazy oh uh, player. is it we'll see here we go now um for those who missed it i actually broke down Both his R&B and his rap thoughts over on Soul & Stereo. I think it was Friday I posted that. So if you want to hear more about this or get pissed off at me more about this, like everybody else has, go to Soul & Stereo and you can see my thoughts. I think the article is entitled. I think it was like, is Eric Benet Right about the state of R&B and hip-hop? Something like that. But go check that out and you can get a more detailed breakdown of the synopsis I'm about to give you now. But for those who missed it, let me tell you what Eric did. So... A man went on Instagram and posted this meme and the meme read, let me pull up the meme. It says rap artists. If you rap, if all you rap about is killing black people, degrading black women, abusing drugs, materialization, living a low life, which is weird. You are not an artist. You are a black face for white supremacy. You are being used to help destroy your own people. And, Eric Benet's comment after the post was, Inconvenient truth to some of the rich and famous. Now, of course, your favorite rappers got all in their feelings and went ballistic. The only person who was kind of level-headed was Wale. But Fat Joe was pissed off and all these other, you know, little little moron and little big toe and all these new whack rappers are kind of doing the whole harpo who this like Eric Bennet and the sold them a trillion times. But whatever. Let me chill on that. Here's the thing. A lot of people were upset because in 2018, we have lost all sense of nuance. You either have to be completely right. You have to completely agree with somebody or you have to completely disagree with somebody. If you do not completely fall in those categories people will go off on you. And I'll be honest, a lot of what happens in our world is not completely right, completely wrong. There's sometimes truth on both sides. And what Eric Benet said about hip-hop and R&B, we'll, we'll, start, we'll, keep, we'll start with hip-hop before we go into R&B. Um, I see where he's going, and I'm not 100% against what he's saying. But I think that meme did go too far. So, in my opinion... What he talked about in the meme is true. All of those things do contribute to the downfall of black, the black community. And there are lots of artists out here who are lazy and use that materialism and foolishness to hype themselves up. And those things are then again used against us by white supremacists who are using those opportunities to kind of further their agenda because they're like, see, look at these guys. They aren't worth anything. They say it in their own music. They're celebrating it. However, that's very short-sighted because you have to look at the history of what's going on. See, now your boy about to break it down. Right. <laughs> when, it to, when it comes to the black experience in America, it's like no other. Like, you cannot com- compare that journey to any other, really, in the world. And a lot of the quote-unquote degenerate stuff that is mentioned here is a byproduct of years and generations of inequality and subjugation and stuff like that. So yeah, there's lots of drugs and materialization and, and killing and stuff like that. But you have to look at the reasons. That reasons why that happened was because of white supremacy. And if early on in hip-hop's, or not we we'll get to 2018 in a minute. But early on when artists would talk about selling drugs, I know the locks were really good about this. They would talk about and and the clips too were very good, especially Malice. They would talk about selling drugs, but then they would also talk about how terrible it is and how much guilt they have. And while they're just doing this to feed their family, and they're not proud of what they're doing, and blah 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 blah. So they would tell reasons why. They were doing terrible things. The whole point of hip hop was to be essentially the CNN of the streets. Now, I know it's different now because we got YouTube and we got Twitter. But in the genesis of hip hop, you didn't really hear what was going on in the black community. So music was a way to tell what was going on. And unfortunately, just like you report about good stuff, you reported about the bad stuff. But what has happened is a lot of people have been able to use that negativity To just kind of line their pockets and then you got labels who just kind of keep pushing that forward and yada dada and trap and yada blah. And then you got these big wigs that are actually making money off of that. So long story short, yes, the negative stuff in hip hop is bad. Yes, that when we talk about this stuff, taking it out of context does contribute to the downfall of the black community, and it does support white supremacy. However, you have to remember that the only reason this happened in the first place was because of white supremacy, because of the negative situations that black people have been put in. So what artists need to do is to be more responsible in their music. What's the boy's name? J. Cole. He put out a whole album talking about the current drug culture, but he didn't glorify the drug culture. He's talking in his songs about why it's happening, and how we have to fight it. That's how you do it in a positive, respectful way. I didn't like the meme because the meme looks like it was written by somebody's grandma in 1993 whose only rap song they heard was N.W.A. Like that's You're looking at one portion of rap and not the entirety. So I ain't too mad at Eric Benet, but I do think it was kind of an unfair cheap shot, I guess is my synopsis.
0: Well, I think he's just mad because Jay-Z threw a stab at him on the record and said, never go Eric Benet, so he's probably pissed at the hip-hop community
1: now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think think he's good, but there was a lot of people that were like, oh, Eric Benet is irrelevant until Jay-Z made him relevant. I'm like, Eric Benet actually got halfway decent albums that he just dropped, so leave my man be.
0: Yeah, and then you mentioned Fat Joe, and this is the last point before we move on to the R&B portion, but he kind of mentioned that um, you know, no one should really take hip-hop music that seriously. It's all entertainment, which I, I don't disagree with that. I think, um, especially for the youth, I think people nowadays, they consume music just for fun. Like when someone listens to These Hoes Ain't Loyal, I don't know. They probably don't actually believe that hoes aren't loyal, but they're just listening because it's fun. And I think, although I see Fat Joe's point, it is a little irresponsible on his end as well, being a pioneer
1: in in rap. I think it's kind of a cop-out, to be honest. I mean, yes, this is entertainment, but you can't have it both ways because there are a lot of artists who say, this is entertainment, but in the same breath, be like, this is real, this is my life, this is blah, blah, blah. And it can be both if you're just honest. You can say... And Jay-Z's been one who's been good about this. You can say, yes, it's entertaining, but you can also interject, this is also real life into this. And I know a lot of people don't like adult Jay-Z because they're like, oh, he's talking about adult stuff. That's boring. I don't want to hear about my 401k. I want to dance. Well, go listen to a little Pumping Them if you want to be ignorant. But I think that it's a little bit unfair to say this is just entertainment because those same artists that are saying that are saying well I'm the only one being real I'm the only one out here living it and I'm the only one who's telling it like it is these other people are fake I'm real you can't say it's entertainment because when you say it's entertainment then it's kind of perpetuating that it's false and then in the same breath say oh I'm the realist and what I'm saying is real what is better to say is this is the good and bad of my life And recognize that music is different. Hip hop has always had authenticity to it. It's not like you're watching Martin or like some movie. Like that's you know that's that's fabrication. You know that's fiction. But hip hop has always had elements of the truth. So just be truthful and be like, you know, I'm a good person and sometimes I do righteous stuff too. I respect that more than pretending that you're high and mighty. And then when someone come at you saying, oh, well that's just we just playing. No, (laughs) just be real with yourself.
0: Exactly. Um, now let's get into the R&B portion of it. Um, that part of it mm-hmm. wasn't really all that new. I mean, Ty- I call it the Tyrese Gibson rant. Uh, Tyrese, no boy. he talked about this a couple of years back about uh, white artists doing R&B music and having more success than black artists who are doing the same type of music. You know, the whole Sam Smith and Adele conversation that we've had for many, many years. You and I have both mm-hmm. shared our opinion on it. Was it necessary for him to bring it up again and um you know what are your thoughts now after hearing what he said
1: well i have written about this and we discussed this at length on the podcast and on my blog but i i don't think it, it's a frustrating conversation i know it's frustrating for an eric Monet because like we just said and like i said in my post he had an album a couple years ago that i thought was fantastic we talk about artists all the time on this podcast we just talked about Van Jess who dropped great, great music that just goes completely under the radar. I mean, we are most we're probably the most connected and in tune kind of fans of music that you'll ever find on the internet. And Van Jess flew right on our radar until it was pointed out. So even we can't keep up with the good stuff. But there are artists who are really being true to R and B and true to the form that just can't get on the radio. And then you got artists who are white artists who are being pushed as R&B artists, quote-unquote, and they are feeling some type of way because they want to make that kind of music, but the radio won't let them make that music, and they can't get it pushed unless they're trapping. But again, like I've said a thousand times, it's false equivalency, and you're getting mad at the wrong people. First of all, Adele and Sam Smith are never called R&B. I can listen to their music and tell it's R&B. They are labeled pop artists. They are not labeled R&B artists. They are allowed to date that type of music because those their audience, quote unquote, likes that type of music. And that is what stations and, and basically the industry has pushed them toward. Because the industry is so lazy, like we talked about earlier, where it used to be where you had diversity in music. Everything is now the same. So if you're black, you're trapped. That's just basically how it is. If you're right. black, we're going to make you have an R&B sound, I mean a hip-hop sound, and the hip-hop sound is trap. So, boom, there you go. And if you're black, it doesn't matter if you do that stuff. You're going to be banished to Urban AC. You're not going to get that push unless you have the hip-hop sound. Now, as you know, things are starting to change. With Ella Mai, and we've got her, and we got Daniel Caesar, your girl Queen, Nigel. we got all these artists who are starting to get kind of the ears of younger fans with a more traditional R&B sound. And I think that's happening because trap has run out of gas. So again, I understand the frustration, but don't get mad at Adele and don't get mad at Sam Smith. Get mad at the actual people who are making this happen, which are the labels, which are the execs, and stop giving them all the power. They don't care about none of this stuff, player. They're pushing what sells. And if the only thing we rock is jumping out the car in the middle of the street to the um, what's that challenge? In the Kiki My challenge. challenge. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the Kiki trash. Like if that's all we're gonna do, then all we're gonna see is more challenges. If that's all we're gonna spend our money on and our streams on, that's all we're gonna get. If you want better R&B, support R&B. If you don't know where to get R&B, this must be your first time listening to this podcast because that's all we talk about. If you want it to change, you got to be the change. You cannot wait for someone else to change it for you because they ain't changing. They just going with what they know, and what they know is trap crap. Mm-hmm. And
0: I assume, uh, because you want change to happen, you're gonna go and purchase Nicki Minaj's new album when it comes out
1: next week. Um, no? I have already subjected myself to that, and I'm good, dog. All right. <laughs> Um, here's a here's Good some food. Lord, for, what a mess!
0: Here's some food for thought um, for you, Ed. Just because I was thinking about it earlier, you know, we complain about Sam Smith and Adele for being on pop radio, but I have a theory, and I'm just trying to put the put the words together on this right now. So bear with me. Um, Jesse J, Daily. Yep. Just to name a couple, they're not on pop radio. Why is that? Because my theory is that with artists like Adele and sam smith even though their music is rooted in r&b i think it's a lot more pop driven than your typical r&b record whereas jesse j her project was straight on r&b it sounds like it could have fit in with a legacy project and i think as a result of that um that's why it hasn't performed very well uh relative to some of her more poppier stuff so is it You know the ethnicity of the artist Or is it the type of music that they're making That's the issue Because like people will talk about Robin Thicke And really Robin Thicke has only had one big song on pop All his other stuff has been R&B And has kind of really just Mm -hmm. been on Urban AC So I don't know if it's skin color
1: More so than music itself Well again that's why I say this is a foolish argument Because we always And they notice we always point to Adele and Sam Smith Like those are the only two we never talk about Daily. We never talk about Jesse J. We never talk about... Um, there's some more um, Dairy, white artists I'm blanking on. John but, B. But Yeah, but we never talk about them. And they're white. And they make R&B. To be fair, like I said earlier, Adele and Sam Smith make R&B records. I listen to their albums. There are R&B records on that album. That if Jasmine Sullivan or Eric Benet sang, we would... You just be like oh, okay that's just a regular R&B song but they're pushed as pop artists and most of their singles are more pop-ish like an Alicia Keys we call her an, an R&B artist but her singles are almost always pop-ish these days Right. so that's just how that's the lane they're going in so yes unfortunately R&B is a dirty word we are keeping R&B stuff This it's not popping it's not 1994 so a lot of that stuff is not going to make it Beyond kind of this insulated genre that it's become. So again, I do think that... I do think skin color plays a role in it. Because, and I fuss about this a thousand times. I do not get why we can continually call Rihanna an R&B artist. Where she has made literally like three or four R&B songs her entire career. And she's clearly a pop artist. But... She does a lot of rap collabo, so we just throw her in R&B cause she black. And a lot of times with the Adeles and Sam Smith, it's easier to market them as a pop artist because the labels see them as talented, even though they're, there is soul there in some of their stuff and bits and pieces. I know DJ Soulchild has passed out. I said that, but it's true. <laughs> there's some soul in there, but the thing is, it's easier to market them as pop because they're white. But when their music isn't overly, as a Jessie J, like there's really no pop records at all on her. Might be one or two that I'm blanking on. She has to stay in the R&B field, and unfortunately, and I don't say this with any negativity because we love the genre, but she's doomed because when an artist, when a label looks at this, they're like, "Oh, she's R&B, okay, throw her in that pile." But yeah. when they see pop crossover potential, and you white. Oh, yeah, we're opening the doors. And that, again, when I talk about agreeing a little bit with what Eric Benet was saying, that part of his argument I agree with. I do think that opportunities are being offered to white artists that black artists aren't getting. But, again, don't get mad at Adele. Don't get mad at Sam Smith. I was talking to this about my wife, this conversation, I mean, maybe a year or so ago. And she was just like, she had a great point. She was like, she can't, Adele can't help how the words come out of her voice. Like it just, if they come out of her throat sounding soulful, that's just her. She's not trying to steal R&B. That's just how she sounds. Mm -hmm. So it's weird that we're punishing her and we're not going at what we need to do is put the finger of blame at the executives and then spend our money on Jessie J and spend our money on Daily and actually show support for the real R&B artists.
0: Um, I do want to call one person, though. Uh, it's someone I met eh, not too long ago. She told me to listen to Charlie Puth. Is that the guy's name? The guy on Pop? Charlie Puth? Yes. Puth? Yes. And
1: everyone, he's he's another guy that people keep telling me to listen to. And I have not heard his yet.
0: Yeah, I listened to it because everyone kept claiming he was R&B. Eh, it's, I guess it's r It's not really R&B. But needless to say, I no longer talk to this girl because... Uh, I was not interested in oh the music. Oh, my God.
1: So, there's that. <laughs> First of all, you should have shot you. You done lost your shot, player. But I, I have not heard that album. I have heard a lot of people say that that album was pretty solid. So, I got to put that on my list.
0: All right. Um, can we get into the Player Please Award, Ed?
1: We sure can.
0: Uh, we got three today, Ed. Um, let's let's bring it back to Drew Hill. I promised that we would talk about their uh, their new uh, promo photo
1: that they put up. Did you see it? Yeah. So yep, it was all three of them lined up and they're all white. And I saw it.
0: All five of them. So if you guys are listening to this podcast right now, go to Drew Hill's Instagram or Facebook just so you can look at the photo as well. So um, I believe I don't have the picture in front of me right now, but I believe from left to right you have Black uh, Tail, Cisco, Nokio, and Smoky on the far right. And if you go to Smoky and you zoom in on his shoes. Those shoes are photoshopped, Ed. They are not real shoes. I think... Like, I know for a fact... How
1: do you know that they're... How do you know
0: this player? How do you know they're photoshopped? Because if you zoom in on it, the shoes are a lot more, like, blurry and grainy than the rest of his outfit. And his white-colored Jordans are, like, a completely different white than, like, any white that I see in that picture. And, uh, actually, (laughs) I'll tell you, it's the internet that found it, and I, I love... Social media for that, like th- when it comes to mistakes and like things that are not up to no- uh, up to par, they will call people out on it eventually uh, and immediately. Um, except for the music, they seem to let that slide a lot. Like the quality of the music, oh, everything, you know it. Everything else, they will call people out on it. And Smokey, uh, as a result of that, and Ed, we love Playa. You mentioned it earlier. Smokey is actually, I'm gonna give Smokey a shout out because um, he's one of the first people. To support, you know, I got sold. This was back in 2009, I think. And uh, we did an interview with him, which has like 14,000 views on YouTube. So, Smokey's our our dude, but man, why are you photoshopping shoes?
1: (laughs) I've got to go see this. You have blown my man smoke up. It is hilarious. Did he not did he not have time to hit Jefferson Mall over in Louisville, grab him a pair of white J's, and just be done with it? Did he come there with like some some blues on? Some off color grays? Like why? Why? What have we become? I guess he didn't get the memo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Smoke. Oh my goodness. Shout out to my man. I love me so Smokey Diggler and we out here photoshopping shoes. Yep. So we're going to get him on the
0: podcast to talk about this because we need an explanation and uh, we need to know what he was wearing before the photoshop happened. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> We got to make that happen. We do. Uh, the second part of the play of plays and this is just me being a fashion police but have you seen no heels shoes in that same photo?
1: Those yeah, they look like they have like some King Koopa spikes on them. Like, what is that? Yeah, it's they like look some like they have stuff. rubber ducks on that? them. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh my god, we are really gonna spend this whole podcast cracking on these dude shoes. But the Nokia ones I did recognize because I was like, what is that? It looks like what were the things on Mario Brothers that were like the turtles? Except they had spikes on them and you right. stepped on them, you die. Yep. <laughs> he looked like those things. Oh. And we love No
0: Heel too. He was one of the special guests on our, one of our previous so Back podcast episodes. But um, yeah, those shoes Oh, are, yeah, uh, we
1: did have we had him. We had Black as well. We had yep. the whole crew. But yeah. oh my gosh, I don't know what was going on with them shoes though. Uh, well, let's just hope the
0: music is better than that promo photo. I'll give you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all I ask. <laughs> I now I did like Cisco's kind of like asymmetrical matrix coat. Like, that, I was like, I could have rocked that. Yes, yes. Um, Second player, please. Ed,
0: for the third straight week in a row, color me bad. Oh, what have my boys done now? So, week one, big dude shoved little dude into sound equipment.
1: (laughs) Big dude and little dude. They don't have names. They're just big dude and little dude. Yes.
0: Week two, big dude... Uh, goes on stage and rocks a t-shirt that says I'm sorry without actually ever apologizing to the other member in person. But it was just wearing a t-shirt was fine and they were good to go. Week three, Ed, and this current week, um, I mentioned to you um, a couple of episodes again that Color Me Bad would be coming to Vancouver for a show in August. I remember. It's part of the I Love 90s tour. Well, they've been pulled out of the lineup, so they're no longer coming to Vancouver.
1: Um, not oh sure. Oh my god! Not so sure did, what. Not sure they what start happened they again? <laughs> You're not sure what happened after you saw the dude beat one down on stage, and then the other one had came out with a shirt that said "I'm sorry," like he was, <laughs> like they used to do on wrestling when they had they took a shirt off and you saw if they were NWO Wolfpack or NWO Hollywood. He just had his shirt. To make sure that he was still on the good guy's side. Yeah. <laughs> Play, he couldn't take five seconds to just get on the mic and say, hey, guys, I know y'all heard what happened to me and my boy, little dude. So, little dude from big dude, I'm sorry. And the crowd would have went crazy, and we would have been done. And I wanna, why is the ego so been, big? We can't even say played,
0: They would have been playing I Want to Sex You Up. But they would not be. <laughs> Ed, and, and remember last week when uh, Tom was telling us his, um, his interview story? And he was giving out tips, and the dude said, uh, "Well, everybody's got to eat. Yes. Well, unfortunately, color me bad will not be eating if they're being pulled out of pulled out of the lineup."
1: Oh, my gosh. But I wonder if that, maybe they pulled themselves out of the lineup. Maybe Lil' Dude got scrappy again or Big Dude got heated because more Popeye's chicken went gone like the first time. I just want to know what happened. I need a Color Me Bad documentary to find out what is going on with my boys because this is ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) This is 2018. We can all ride on nostalgia. Y'all can perform that one song and get paid for the next 10 years. So get it together, homie. But wouldn't it be the most 2018 thing ever if they put out a new album next week just out of the blue? It would be the most 2018 and R&B thing ever if they <laughs> put out the album, didn't promote it, and then we had CC send us a tweet and was like, "Look at this album I found on Inst- on um on iTunes. It doesn't oh. have a cover, but I think this is a new album." Oh jeez. <laughs> that is the most 2018 thing.
0: Uh, shoutouts to Color Me Bad. We hope you get it together. We love you guys. Um. <laughs> Ed, a couple more player, please. Uh, R. Kelly, have you listened to I,
1: I Admit since it came out? Listen, I gave y'all a half hour of my life the first time. He ain't getting it back. Well, no, I've heard it once. Well, R. Kelly's brother,
0: who was mentioned on the I Admit song, has come out with his own record called I Confess. And one of the claims no, that he God. makes is that R. Kelly is having sex with men. Now, we're not going to get into that part of it, but why is R. Kelly's brother getting involved
1: and why should we care? This is really becoming the new trapped in the closet. twenty. That's what this is. Like, this is the new trapped in the closet. Who's going to be the little, the little person that just runs around and... Ugh. Oh my gosh, everybody's trying to get paid, everybody's trying to get to come up, everybody's trying to get shine, Kelly did what he did, let's please move on, what does the brother have to, is this song 30 minutes too? How long is this song? I didn't listen, I should probably go and listen to it
0: first. No, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> alright, alright. And the last play of please, we're going to give it up for uh, Capitalism, um, did you watch oh, the boy. Kanye West Jimmy Kimmel interview?
1: I watched a snippet of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. Someone sent me a clip and it was just like, you just at least got to watch this part. And there was a part where Kanye was ranting about how it was something like, oh, you know, I was trying to appeal to the MAGA crowd because we all need love and blah, blah, blah. And then Kimmel just kind of shot back. Well, they haven't been very loving. And then Kanye just sat there with this blank look on his face. And he was like, well, we're going to commercial now. Right. That's the only part I saw.
0: Well, there was another part of the interview where um, Kim Kimmel, Kimmel asked Kanye, you know, after having daughters, um, does Kanye still, you know, um, view women or objectify women, um, or has his perspective changed now that he's had, now that he has daughters? And Kanye replied with, "Well, I still watch Pornhub." So that was. Oh that. my God! Well, that was that, Ed, and um, oh my- a day later, Pornhub their Twitter account, tweeted at Kanye and said, Thanks for the shout-out, Kanye. Here's a free lifetime membership to our premium service. It's on the house. So Kanye now what? has... Yep, he has free a free lifetime membership on that website. And this is the thing. Why do the rich keep getting richer? We've been begging for some sponsors for the last two and a half years of this podcast. And Kanye makes one mention on Kimmel and
1: everything is good. The player, the system is rigged. First of all, like first of all, why are you mentioning porn at the mention of your daughters, you freak? That's number one. <laughs> number two well, that there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Now that he has that membership thing, we'll probably never hear from him again. He's gonna be shutting his basement with his laptop. When he does come out, he'll have Popeye forearms for putting <laughs> in all that work. But oh my gosh, it's so weird to me how our how our culture is set up if a celebrity says something we give them all the freebies i would hope that he could afford his own premium membership it can't
0: cost that much no it can't It probably costs the same as uh one of those yeezys
1: that he's selling oh my gosh those grass cutters that's yeah. what i call them they look <laughs> like the kind of shoes i wear when i'm out doing yard work right <laughs> yet y'all paying seven hundred dollars for them Oh, jeez. it by my grandma. Good lord. You got me fired up, and We're supposed to be wrapping this thing up. Well, let's be nice to Kanye, because uh, we might have to
0: use that membership once in a while. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 All
1: right. Now, when the, the Ashanti stuff leaks, then that's where we'll know you are when we're trying to get you on the podcast. Well, what happened to Kyle? The Ashanti Leaks. Oh, okay. He's talking with
0: Kanye right now about the Ashanti league. Um, Can we get into... Oh, my get, God. All right, let's relax here. Let's get into the soulback track of the day here. And I got a special one for you, Ed. Okay. This was number one on the R&B charts 20 years ago. And this is a record that you really, really like. Kelly Price, friend of mine.
1: Oh, my song, my song, my song. Shout out to my boy, Sean Kelly, who um today was posting on Facebook about, on that album, of course, one of my favorite albums, or well my favorite album of all time, Kelly Price's Soul of a Woman. Um, she he has she has his um, gospel record, Lord of All, and he posted that since it's Sunday as of this recording, and he was really talking about that. And I was like, you know that's my joint. And speaking of my joints, I love this single. I remember where I was the first time I heard that song and was like, who is this woman? She is incredible. Still one of my favorite songs ever. And it is a shame, a shame, a shame that Kelly never reached the heights that I feel like she should have. I think she's got a new project coming this year, so she rarely disappoints. I'm looking forward to
0: it. Yep, absolutely. I just wanted to give you that one um, to to calm you down. Yes, give me a win. (laughs) With all the craziness that's been happening. But uh, let's talk about SoInStereo.com, what's going on with the website.
1: Well, we talked a little bit about some of the stuff that we had going on this past week. We Again, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on Eric Benet and his thoughts on R&B and hip-hop, go check that out over on Soul & Stereo because I have a nice little kind of rundown on my thoughts and his thoughts as well. And the beloved Kyle also mentioned Nicki Minaj, and I decided to review her new album, Queen, which came out, I think is officially released next week. But it did stream early on Friday. Here's the weird thing about this album. I know this is a R&B podcast. But I want to talk about Standom for a minute. Because this album really points to where we are in a music culture. If you have followed Soul & Stereo, you know I am no fan of Nicki Minaj. However, for the past decade, she's kind of been uplifted as the greatest female rapper of our time. Which is absolutely ridiculous, but whatever. But in this past year, people are kind of getting tired of her because, you know, people are growing up and sick of her mess. So when this album came out, I heard so many negative reviews about it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to destroy this album because I'm not a fan anyway. And when I listened to it, I didn't think it was any worse than any other of her albums. What, you know, none of her albums are good, but I didn't think it was worse than those albums. So it proves to me that if you are a stand for an artist, and we know this, but it just proves it. If you're a stand of an artist, we don't even judge the quality of music. We hype up an album by how much you like the artist. So, even though Nicki has been putting out the same album for the past 10 years, this is the one where people are fed up, even though it's no different than the one that came out three years ago that people called a classic. I just found that very interesting. Hmm. Well... All I know is um, if Drew Hill, if you guys are listening,
0: you guys need to hire Nicki Minaj's uh, photo editor. Because the the Photoshop on that album cover is fantastic compared to what Smokey had to go through with those
1: sneakers. (laughs) Shout out my girl Kim. She was like, how many hours did it take to Photoshop Nicki Minaj sitting on that tree? Right.
0: (laughs) Um, And then as far as you know, I got still not much really going on. Actually, I have a bunch of uh, concerts that I'll be going to over the next month including 112, Boys to Men um, the I Love 90s tour which I think now is Offer One instead of Color Me Bad um, so that should be fun <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out what the white dude in, in All for One does finally um, well don't yell at him about how he's destroying R&B please, right. we've got enough of that <laughs> alright um, and then I think a couple of other concerts, uh, I'll keep you guys posted. I'm going to try to do some interviews cause, uh, we want to definitely give you guys content as well as this podcast, but, um, Ed, I think that's it for this week.
1: I think it's about it. See how smoothly things go without Tom. If Tom was here, I'd have had three strokes by now cause he would have said something crazy about some baked chicken and had some obscure reference about a music soul child song that nobody's heard of, but him and oh my goodness. Well, Ed, stay tuned next week when Tom is
0: back because we're gonna be—he's uh, probably gonna talk about baked chicken, and he'll probably uh, do his victory <laughs> lap over his weird speculation on the Drew Hill situa- uh, on the on the Dre- Drew Hill regrouping and reforming. So, I hope you're ready for that.
1: No, oh, we're never gonna hear the end of this one. But you're right.
0: So, until then, uh, this is Kyle. That's Ed and the Soulback Podcast is officially done. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. I-
1: Photoshop your shoes. <laughs>